Hello, it's Adam. And I'm Adam. Welcome back to... The, the Tale, Tale of Two Adams, Adams podcast. podcast. We both said podcast. We did it! We got this! <laughs> Unless you're listening from the future and you're binging them all. Yeah. So it could have been like one props, after the other. Props to you if you are. Um, there are probably still uh, rolls of toilet paper to be won, even if you're listening far in the future, because so far only one of the ten has been won. Oh, man. I tell you what, people need to pick up their game because there are many rolls here to be won and people need to be winning them. They can't just be storing things being stored here, you know? Yeah, we don't need them. No, yeah. So make sure to comment on the Facebook uh, post that we made about it or direct messages on Instagram at the Tale of Two Adams podcast. Yes, and thank you to everyone that's already checked out our Facebook and Instagram and is uh, showing support on there. We really appreciate it. Mm. Uh, We'll probably fluctuate in how active we are on those things. Um, But we'll we'll post as much as we can. Yeah. Without being annoying about it. (laughs) Hopefully keep people interested and keep people engaged our content and podcast. Yeah, well, today, um, given that February is the month of Valentine's Day, we will be discussing love in all its romantic glory. Beautiful. (laughs) So before we dive in, though, to all the lovey-dovey romantic stuff... Uh, when we'll be discussing our favourite fictional couples and favourite biblical couples and maybe uh, chat a bit further about what the Bible says about love and even romance. It kind of mentions romance a little bit. Mm. Um, uh, we're going to get to know each other a little bit. This is something we're going to do just with one question each every episode. Um, and Clucky, my question for you. It's uh, a bit of a silly one. Yeah. But if you could make any food taste like any other food, what would it be? Uh, any food tastes like any other food. Wow, 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 wow. I would make olives taste differently. Maybe olives taste... But I don't want them sweet. So if I want more pizza, ah, oh, what would I want? Mm, yeah, you can't just say grapes. Yeah, yeah. Because that'd be weird on pizza. It would. Like, I can't just say, like, I want to say pineapple because... Mm. I already have pineapple and pizza. Yeah. And so I'm just doubling up. Olives. I mean, that's its own can of worms, so pineapple on pizza. Oh, yeah, we're not going to go into that now, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. The saltiness on olives is just not my thing. Yeah. And so I think I'd change them. I don't mind the texture, though, which is... Uh, anyway. Maybe something sour. Why not? It's just throughout the whole system. Yeah. What specific sour thing? Um... Uh, ooh, I don't know any natural foods that are actually sour. Um, <laughs> Citrus fruits, maybe? Yeah, I blanked out. <laughs> Lime-flavoured olives? <laughs> yeah, let's get a lime. Lime is such a great flavour. It's I an underrated flavour, I think. 
Yeah. Okay. So you yeah. would make olives taste like limes. But kind of keep the texture, I don't mind it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, texture doesn't change, just taste. See, it's fine. I was expecting, you know, you just make a healthy food that tastes bad. Um, taste like, I reckon it's what you should have said cheese. Because if, if your main thing was having, because if you've just got a bowl of olives, the, mm. people snack on cheese and biscuits all the time. Mm. And if it's on pizza and it tastes like cheese, it doesn't affect the pizza. Mm. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. would just, I probably still wouldn't eat olives. They're not, they're not, I feel like they're not healthy enough to warrant making them taste delicious. Mm. I would just not get them. Yeah. It's the only thing I don't put on my uh, sandwiches at Subway. Like, can I get everything really? but olives? Yeah. Wow, there you go. Because that's my effort to be healthy. Eat, <laughs> eat all the salad. <laughs> all the salad. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't get Subway that often, but yeah, everything but olives. Yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah. I would have just, yeah, made something. Either you, you make something like your, your, your unhealthy temptation food, make it yeah. taste like crap. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't do Ooh, that. No way. Yeah, you'd ruin the food. No. Yeah. Because then yeah. you'd never eat it. Yeah. yeah. Like you can't just make chocolate taste like olives. Yeah. So you'd never eat chocolate. There's no excuse. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. That's a tough one. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'd make something that I don't like into something that I do like. Yeah. So that I'd enjoy it more. Especially something healthy. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's, mine's kind of food related as well. Oh, that's good. We must be hungry or something. Yeah, <laughs> we snack. <laughs> Mine was, like, do you have a favourite flavour? Ooh. I <laughs> don't know what that noise was, listeners. <laughs> That's why this is a hard question. <laughs> of course, food brings us up. Um, yeah. um, honestly, I don't. In, to answer the question, mm-hmm. as you've asked it, no. Um, <laughs> right. I have many. Um, I like... Question. I think uh, I like... Yeah, the close-ended question. Mm. It's, uh, that's Bible study one I want is don't oh, ask, no. ask close-ended <laughs> questions. <Open> stuff. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I like so many flavors of like you know sweet yeah. and savory and mm-hmm. in between. Um, I I really like when chips try to taste like meat. Um, Ooh, yeah. I like you know like barbecue ribs flavoured chips and yeah, nice. honey soy chicken flavoured mm-hmm. chips mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't love those flavours in a dessert um, yeah I think my sweet flavour is either like chocolate or vanilla mm-hmm. um, can't go wrong with vanilla ice cream I love vanilla, vanilla milkshakes mm-hmm. and chocolate is also good mm. um, but one of my favourite things to just taste is um it's called char siu pork and it's you might know it as like if you ever see the pork that's kind of got like the red outline if you it comes in fried rice if you ever get right well, it depends yeah. where you go but if you ever if you're ever in um burwood or one of the other parts of sydney just any part of sydney that has a high um chinese or vietnamese population mm. like where i'm from mm-hmm. um yeah, go to a, um, an Asian butcher and get char siu pork, and it's fantastic. Ooh, it's cool. it's sweet but it's meaty. Yeah, and it's it's good. Cool, I like it. Yeah, yeah nice. so there's many flavors that I like. Yeah, I didn't even mention onion and garlic. Don't get me started. <laughs> oh man, my wife can't eat either of them because so, she's allergic oh, to flavor. So. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah, heartbreak. That's tough. 
because a lot of things have onion and garlic in them. Yeah, that must be not for me. <laughs> not, not for me. <laughs> not anymore. Uh, all right. Well, mm. let's get this love ball rolling. I don't love that phrase. <laughs> but let's get the show on the road proper with um, some of our favourite fictional couples. We're going to just list a few, maybe give like a sentence yeah. explaining why we like yeah. them, and then we're going to dwell on one each that is sort of the one that we've set apart from the rest. Um, do you want to maybe just list your ones that you're not going to elaborate on? Just your sort of... Yeah, 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 yeah. Your honourable mentions. My honourable mentions... Um, here we go. So, Disney... Like Hercules and Megara, like nice. I love those guys, man. I love that movie. It's just yeah. I could froth about it for so long. <laughs> yeah, Herc- and um, uh, from books, Maxim and America from the Selection series. Okay, I don't know that yeah, one. Yeah, uh, my wife's favorite book series, mm. and that's a cute couple. They're a good author. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I recommend. Um, toss up between. I kind of got two. Favorite couples, really. So maybe I'll talk about them together, okay. and I'll leave it there. Yeah. All right. So they, all right. My honorable mentions: um, Chandler and Monica from Friends. Oh yeah. You guys deal with the sitcoms for a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Chandler and Monica from Friends. Nice. Uh, Jake Peralta and Amy Santiago. Uh huh. Yeah. From Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. Uh, Jim and Pam. Oh, from yes. the Office, yeah. and um, those all three of those couples, they're quite. There's quite a similar vibe. You have the the jokester male, mm-hmm. and the sort of, uh, sort of, well, to, I was going to say slightly uptight. Pam Beasley is slightly uptight, but like, um, the very, the, the varying levels of uptightness. Yeah. yeah. And very, very more mature. Yeah. Yeah. You've got the jokester and sort of the more proper mm. stresses about getting things done the right way. Yeah. Right. Um, and I feel like <laughs> maybe this couple dynamic appeals to me. I mean, they're all very well written and I feel like other people with different personalities love these couples, but they all really remind me of me and my wife. Yeah, Um, classic. And I I get that a lot. Um, (laughs) I get toppled by Friends fans that I remind them of Chandler. For better or worse, (laughs) just my my inability to not tell jokes and undercut serious moments. Um, Yeah, brilliant. um, Yeah. Yeah, nice. I even almost quoted Jake Peralta when you said your thing was food related and we didn't plan it. I was going to be like, oh, it was a snack accident. Classic. Uh, <laughs> That's one of, his, <laughs> one of his made up words. <laughs> and yeah, but my wife isn't quite as crazy as Monica or Santiago, but um, she's probably, she is definitely more. Because you have to be, if you're with someone that's like, you know, too relaxed and jokey, yeah, you yeah. naturally become mm. sort of seemingly more, more mature and maybe... You know, she's not a wet blanket or anything. She, she definitely appreciates oh, yeah. my humor, and she's the funniest person I know. Classic. Um, love that about her. Um, mm. Mm. But yeah, I get us vibes That's from those kinds of couples. Um, so good. And another one that is still reminds me of different aspects of my wife and I actually, but Harry Potter and Ginny Weasley um, yeah, is kind yeah, of nice. the. If by default I'm more of a jokester and she's sort of more responsible, this is kind of the the flip of our personalities, the moments where I'm a bit more mm. relaxed and like in the other way, like chill, not like jokey, my low energy mm. self and her high energy self. 
um, and that Gio, she's fantastic at sports. She's really cool, very popular. This is book Ginny Weasley, by the way, not movie. <laughs> such a distinction. <laughs> um, such a distinction. Bonnie Wright's great, but the script wasn't. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I when I was reading Harry Potter for the first time, not for the first time, for the first time since like mm, yeah. dating. Yeah, yeah. The first time I'd never met her. Um, in 2009, at the age of 12, I was thinking about my wife, who I'd never met. Um, yeah, in, no. In retrospect. Yeah, in retrospect. I was like, this is kind of like us. Um, you know, she plays netball. We're on a multi-sport team together now. Yeah. And, like, she's just... If you didn't know that she was very, like, active and fit, you'd just mm. assume that she was, you know, all cardigans and sewing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, she's got that side. And I yeah. think I also... You know me long enough and you find out, yeah, it's not all just jokes and sarcasm and banter. Yeah, yeah. But there's the sort of, the serious, even world on the world on their shoulders side, which is like, Harry Potter is the pinnacle of... Yeah, the chase one, man. <laughs> it's like, yeah, right. the, the hero complex with, oh man, if I don't, yeah. do, the, if I don't do the right thing, the world's going to end. Um, yeah. Superhero yeah. movies are bad for me. I um, Yeah, I love Harry Potter and they're like, all of a sudden Ginny's on the Quidditch team and you're like, oh yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, she's actually amazing. She's actually really good. Player. Yeah, she's... Better than everyone else. Yeah. Like, she oh, plays professional Quidditch. That's like canon is that she goes on to play professionally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's brilliant. Like, yeah. She's underrated character in the movies for sure. Definitely. Um, yeah, and versus your wife in netball and you'll see, you'll get thrashed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was tearing it up at basketball a couple of weeks back. Yeah, go, we, go. we lost by a three-pointer that happened in like the last five minutes. Oh, that's and it's, frustrating. It's my fault because at the start of the second half, I said... Say everyone else has subbed off. Do you want to have a break? Oh, Honestly, I know deep down, none of us, none of us would have cared yeah. if she had stayed on and she would have scored like five times. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, so that's on me. Um, you live and you learn. Um, yeah, it's it's meant to be fun. Yeah, that's right. And I don't want to get too tired. <laughs> next time I'll be like, do you really want to sub off or do you want to just keep kicking butt? <laughs> um, but it was fun. Yeah. Um, Alright, what are your... You, so there were two of them, you said? Yeah. Your, your, your main favourite. Yeah, my main favourite. Um, we haven't talked about this. I wonder if we'll like, overlap. Mm. My mains, actually funnily enough, are Jake and Amy hey. from Brooklyn Unknown. That's and good. Marshall and Lily from How Much Your Mother. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I really love them because... Um, both couples are obviously really in love, but both of their relationships are a lot more real than mm. some other pop culture things. Mm. Um, so you kind of see them like rise and fall and they have struggles and they have arguments mm. and then, um, but they're always doing actual relationship stuff and that they're compromising for each other and they're, uh, working through things and. Uh, I really like that kind of thing. Mm. Um, I take a lot of serious issue in Jake and Amy's wedding. Just frustrates me. <laughs> absolutely no end. I'm like, oh, how is your relationship so beautiful? And then your wedding vows, right, mm. are about each other's butts. <laughs> there was a bomb at this wedding. Your butt, your butt is the bomb. It kills me. You're like, are you really making the most solemn vow, like promises you've ever made in your entire life? And you undercut it. Ah! I mean, my wife said that to me at our wedding reception. So careful, mate. No, exactly. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's, any other context, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. It's just like in the middle of very solemn moments yeah. where you're promising 
things to each other, you, they don't actually promise anything to each other. No. Well. Yeah. I mean, all TV weddings are like that, really. It's, I've, I've noticed it a lot now. They're not bad. It's just, there's some nice things about you. Yeah, yeah. I oh, like this. I love you. I love you too. Let's, we're married. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, my rant is over. But Marshall and Lily, Jake and Amy, I mm. love them both. Yeah. yeah. I like, yeah, I didn't, I don't know enough. Like, I haven't seen enough of How I Met Your Mother. I sort of feel like I know everything yeah, from How I Met Your Mother. Fair, yeah. But, um, yeah. Because that's, that's just how I work with a lot of things. Like, I, know, <laughs> I, I don't have to see a lot of stuff. I know all the memes and I know... I've seen episodes, a few episodes from each season. Yeah. But yeah, I think they're definitely the best couple of, on that show. Mm. Um, and honestly, probably of any fictional couple, they remind me the most of you and your wife. Oh, awesome. I think. Um, She's very small and I'm a lot larger than her. Yeah. But also, yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that was all it was. This is where end there. <laughs> I don't know, just vibes and sort of sweetness. They've got like their own, don't they telepath- telepathically communicate? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, because How I Met Your Mother is quite, of all of those sort of sit- sitcom shows, mm. it's kind of got the most, I don't know, is bombastic the right word? It's sort of out there um, where it yeah. does crazy things like mm. Lily's got like, you know, this look and if she looks at you, <laughs> you explode or something. Like it, yeah. it, it does crazy things and they do sort of silly, yeah. um, unrealistic stuff. And then, so I feel like that even heightens the, the realism of, like, mm, mm. Lily and Marshall. Whereas yeah. with Ted, like, Ted is the reason I can't watch that show. Oh, fair enough. It frustrates me. Yeah, I get that. It's the worst. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, his character, obviously, as, like, a sitcom character, he's kind of stereotyped. Yeah. And archetyped or whatever, but... It doesn't um, age well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I still love it, though. It's, like, in terms of writing, it's... It's absolutely phenomenal the way they reference the, its own show and yeah. the way they actually use the characters to um, make different points and um, the way the characters progress through the series. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You kind of get to... Anyway, I watch it every year. I, it's one of those, <laughs> I come yeah. back to it all the time. I really do. Mm. <sighs> I was trying to think of another couple that just came to mind and I've forgotten it. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. Yeah. I had one I was going to say that it's like, it's like an honourable, honourable mention. Um, but if you've, because I feel like not enough people have seen Parenthood, but um, I mean, any couple in Parenthood is very realistic. Mm-hmm. So if you like realism, I recommend. Mm-hmm. But um, they're realistic in like happy ways and sad ways. But Joel and Julia from Parenthood, um, mm. they're really sweet. And like, because... Joel is obviously parenthood is about you know a generation of a family. Joel is the son-in-law to sort of the um, sort of matriarchal grandparents. Mm-hmm. So he's not their biological son, and because he's married to the youngest daughter, he always has to prove himself. So like the whole first season, his dynamic is like he's, he feels yeah. like his father-in-law doesn't like him, and yeah. he gets made fun of. Uh, but then he's like <laughs> he's really sweet about it and just deals with it. And then okay. later on, it's like their marriage, they struggle, they adopt a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, oh, it's, it's really emotional. It's really sad. Yeah. But it's really happy. It's one of those shows. Yeah. If you yeah. want to, if you want to cry for happy reasons and sad reasons, watch Parenthood. That's great. Yeah. Um, reminds me of the same generational things um, of the Gilmore Girls. I feel like I'd 
my wife would kill me if we're talking about love <laughs> and not talking about Gilmore Girls. It's nearly autumn, guys. Like, come on, <laughs> Gilmore Girls. It's the time for Gilmore Girls. It approaches like an impending nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good that's what Sarah can watch when I'm not around yeah because <laughs> yeah. she always watches the stuff that we watch together when I'm not around I was like don't watch House without me yeah watch Gilmore Girls without me um, yes but yeah yeah I feel like I feel like um, do you have a favourite boyfriend for, uh, I mean Jess but also I haven't seen enough of the show uh-huh. and yeah. also I don't like Rory or Lorelai that much yeah, so okay. even though I love yeah. Luke and I love Jess they're probably my favourite characters in yeah. that show mm. other than is it Richard is Lorelai's father yes so yeah. I love all of those characters but I but I dislike all of the Kilmore women yeah Emily's yeah. probably my favourite because she's like meant she's written she's that way mean, you're not yeah. you're kind of meant to like she's hilarious yeah but um yeah, Lorelai and Rory, it's like, they're meant to just be sort of like, adorable and likeable, and I just don't, yeah. I just don't buy it. I just, yeah. They frustrate me. It's a, a, especially in the first season, I found Lorelai really difficult to deal with. And then in the last season, Rory is really difficult to deal with. <laughs> and then a year in the life. And then a year in the life, you just die. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. No, Logan's probably my favourite boyfriend, because uh, he does a lot of sacrificing for Rory. And he's the blonde one. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, whereas the others, are, uh, too young. Yeah, you, know, you know, just haven't got it yet. Yeah. And Jess has this massive yeah. year in the life arc, which yeah. is great. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do have you seen This Is Us that has Jess? I have. Yeah. Yes. Recommend the listeners. Honestly. This is Oh, good old Dad of the Year. That guy's fantastic. What I aspire to be. Also, yeah, Jack and Rebecca from This Is Us. Wow. Yeah. One of the faves. How Can't believe I, I forgot that. I yeah. need to rewatch that. <laughs> Dude, we just saw it come on Disney Plus actually. Oh, um, yay! Because my DVD good. was scratched. Oh, spewing. Oh, oh. I, use, I still use DVDs. That's the price you pay. But if it's on Disney Plus, easy peasy. Five seasons, yeah. Yes, because I only got three on DVD. Yeah. Um, anyway. Let's go. My, my big couple. Probably, I've done, this is probably the most out there of the world, in terms of, well, the most different, because I've done mostly sitcom, like TV show stuff, then Harry Potter, but, uh, Steve Rogers and Peggy Carter. Oh, okay. From, you know, Captain America and yeah. the MCU. Classic. They also remind me of me and my wife, but probably like in like a, an exaggerated positive way. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess mm-hmm. it's a superhero and a spy and, yeah, but they're fantastic. Um, I love both of the characters individually mm. and I love that what if reveals that their love is not just limited yeah. to one universe yeah. um, doesn't matter which one of them became a super soldier they both yeah. love each other yeah. um, I love just such a huge part of Captain America's arc in the present day stories like so, you know the ones not in the 40s after he comes out of the ice is like yeah. living in the world after everything he knew and everything he loved which includes Peggy in a big way and you yeah. see her in Winter Soldier when she's old mm. that is always really sad um, and yeah. then she dies in Civil War mm. and yeah she like they, she was also almost in three out of the four Avengers movies she was in Endgame and she was in Age of Ultron in a yeah. like dream yeah yeah she was too um, Scarlet Witch sequence yeah. But she was almost like, there was a file, or like, they almost put 
the old lady version of her in the first Avengers movie. Oh, wow. As well as, like, instead of putting in the Winter Soldier. I'm kind of glad they didn't. It would have been a bit out of place. Yeah, I might take away from it, yeah. But, yeah, she was, like, that's how important she is to Captain America's story. And, like, mm. but not in, like, a kind of dental and distress or she's got nothing to do, like, Pepper Potts kind of way. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, she yeah, she is... There's even, I don't know if you've seen Agent Carter, which isn't canon anymore, but in some really? alternate universe it is. Um, or well not like officially, um, but dang, there's a bit where Peggy and the Howling Commandos are doing something and one of them's like, um, Dum Dum Dugan is his name, I won't pretend I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Part of this podcast is acknowledging I'm a dork. Um, <laughs> he's like, how, what, would, what would Cap say if he knew I was letting his best girl... Oh, be yeah. in danger and she like she turns around it's windy she just screams at him over the wind he'd say do as Peggy says <laughs> and I'm like yeah it's like where is the lie exactly. <laughs> yeah and, um, that's amazing I just, and you know Endgame um, mm. I feel like it's been long enough that people should have seen Endgame but um, mm. but I, I just or seen the memes or seen the memes but like still a story where you get a character who had like long accepted that his happy ending was never going to happen mm. and then somehow through some inexplicable means gets it I'm like yeah mm. they couldn't have honestly for me if, if, if the reason that Captain America stopped being a hero was because they killed him <laughs> I would have been really disappointed That's because fair. that's so Captain America yeah is that his yeah. whole thing is that he, he, he fights and he sacrifices and he needs the war yeah but the fact that he as a character felt like able to let himself mm. be happy yeah. for, for just his own reasons was yeah. like fantastic um, and because he came, got to the point where he like the weight of the world was off his shoulders that he was like no I can trust the world will be okay yeah. without me as Captain America yeah. so it's like he this ultra humble character became even more humble mm. by being like the world doesn't need me for me yeah. someone else can be Captain America yeah. And just let himself have a bit of a life that, like so, that yeah. he thought he, he like he part of Adrian Ultra his arc is acknowledging mm. that he can't have it. Mm. Yeah, he just he can't have like the whole family and stuff. And Ultron calls him out on it. He's like Captain America, God's righteous man, mm. pretending you could live without a war. Mm. That's like his arc in Age of Ultron is like without a fight, Captain America is useless. Yeah, and when he gets to Clint Barton's farm, sees his family, he just looks around. And they like play in the background. Mm, yeah, the sound yeah. from his his vision of him and Peggy, and it's like he's mm. just like, yeah, I can't have this. Yeah, it's very sad. Yeah, but I love them. Um, they're beautiful characters individually and together. Yeah, yeah. I saw a meme the other day about Captain America. You know, leaves all of his friends behind for that one girl he kissed once. Like, yeah, <laughs> classic. Yeah, but yeah, amazing, isn't it? Like, yeah, but I think people forget as well. Those movies, the first Captain America movie takes place over multiple years, because he gets frozen. That's in, true. Yeah. He, he freezes in 1945, but I'm pretty sure the start of the movie is 1942. Yeah, they have that montage of them taking down all the um, yeah Hydra bases. It might not be multiple sense. years, but I, from memory, it, yeah. it's like 41 to 45. Yeah, right. Okay. But going on. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I like that one. I think I like the way our, our both of our main 
couples or romantic, you know, favourites have acts of, like, sacrifice to them. Yeah. Like, they both are willing to sacrifice a lot for love. Yeah. And it's... Uh, it just makes it so much more beautiful, I think. Yeah. They go, oh, man, like, mm-hmm. I want it this way or I have dreams or a vision this way, but because you say so because it's for your good or for your happiness I'm going to lay myself aside for a second and do what I want to do what you want to do (laughs) yeah 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 and sacrifice is sort of like that sacrificial well sacrifice for the sake of love it like takes can take very different forms like obviously you'd think can you really compare Captain America with like Jake Proctor or Marshall and Mm. and, but sort of like it's this similar sentiment Mm. different context and it's like yeah these couples are yeah in in their context they do similar things there's that kind of echo of yeah 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 have a sacrifice and service for the other person mm. like one of my others when I said earlier Hercules Megara yeah it's a like, big one the, right at the end he like literally is like oh I could be a god and enjoy the family that I wanted for my entire life yeah or I could be with the girl I love mm. no girl obviously yeah which is weird I feel like in a gender flipped film people would complain about that, being like, girl gives up being a, a deity for, yeah. for, a, for some dude. But yeah. honestly, as a guy, I don't mind that he did that. I feel like that's, that's, that's pretty dude, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's um, a bit <laughs> of an interesting, like, dynamic, I suppose. Mm. Like, think of, I think of, like, La La Land or something like that, mm. where the conflict is kind of between, like, their love and their careers. Yeah. And ultimately, the film shows you can't have them both, really. Mm. Um, and it seems for men, just kind of speaking off the top of my head right now, that love seems to be like the thing they should pursue, like yeah. be more this, more sensitive, and um, yeah, be more emotionally driven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas for mainly in contemporary and modern pop culture things, it's like no nah, career women like. Yeah, it's sort of either, either you can find a way to have both or prioritise the career. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And typically it always works out. If a man tries to have both, he can. Yeah. That's typically, which is, you know, yeah. annoying writing. Promotion. Yeah. And the guy. Wow. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. But... It's less of a struggle for male characters. It's like, no, yeah, I can have a family because... Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's probably the way it reflects in actual society and culture as well. Yeah. You can't, for many women, have, you know, a family and a career, which is really difficult, and yeah, probably not the way it should be, for sure. Yeah, I mean, neither thing will end up looking the way you'd hoped, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. But yeah. your, uh, yeah, your sort of Hercules bit, remind of one of the one of the passages from the Bible that I'd uh, made a note of, just sort of. Uh, the end of it, I wasn't really going to discuss this bit, but it's the end of, uh, it's from Ephesians 5, chapter 32, and it just, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And so you're talking about Hercules, how he's like, you know, he's, he's always wanted <laughs> yeah. his, his family, like his Olymp- Olympian family. Yeah. And then he gets them and he's like, ah, oh, but I love this woman, like this mortal human woman. Yeah. And that's what I would prefer. And it's sort of like, yeah. Yeah, for this reason. Well, yeah. the for this reason bit is comes before it, which I haven't mentioned, but mm. um, 
yeah, that's kind of a sort of it's yeah. it's not a it's not a new concept to yeah. to prioritize the new family over. Doesn't matter how great your yeah your parents are. It's sort of like yeah yeah. I suppose his whole Hercules' whole deal is to find where he belongs. Yeah, and he yeah. does, and it does. But not fault. with his yeah. family, with her. Oh, it's beautiful. Good. It's yeah. such an amazing movie. Yeah. I was talking to my wife about it the other day, and I thought. How good would it have been to see the movies, you know, with their <laughs> openings? What is the measure of a hero? Yeah. When you listen to him, he's making it sound like some sort of great tragedy. Ah, the beautiful You go. Oh my god! <laughs> I would have, I would have died laughing. It would have been so good in the movies. Yeah. It was released the year we were born, actually. There you go. So. Good things from '97. Hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Won't Sound in Love is like one of my favourite Disney songs as well. Oh my gosh, me too. And yeah. the you know how they do the pop version of songs yeah. in the credits? The Michael Bolton version of Go the Distance wow. is like one of my favourite just songs. Yeah, right. It's so good. Awesome. It's like five minutes long and it's like has three key changes. Um, Amazing. What a guy. So. What a song. Shall we jump across to some biblical couples yeah. and concepts? Yeah. Have you got one for us? Yeah, my first, um, Abraham and Sarah, going right back to like the OGs. Abraham and Sarah I like because they just stick around for so long. Like they're this amazing couple and you go through a lot of their life together. Um, and like just all the struggles and turmoil and disappointments and, um, triumphs and all the things that happen to them and you're like wow like, this is amazing the way that you guys work together um, working together for good and evil you know there's many times where Abraham lies about his 90 year old wife being his sister yeah. because she's too hot and the guys around them will take her for their own wife and kill him which I find hilarious yeah I don't really get the logic in that being like oh no they won't mess with my sister but they will mess with my yeah, they'll kill me for my wife. Yeah. They won't kill me for my sister. This is my unspoken for single hot sister. Yeah. Not my my wife. <laughs> single hot 90 year old. 90 year old wife. Oh my gosh. <laughs> sure, guys. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, scary. Hey. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> True, maybe back then it was a different thing, but, you know, still very funny. I like it. She, I'm sure she aged gracefully, gracefully, given that she was yet yet to give birth at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Man. What a gun. <laughs> at 90. Oh, my days. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What's your first? Uh, I've only got the one. Mm-hmm. Um, shout outs to, I feel like other people would be like, Ruth and Boaz. So I didn't want to say Ruth and Boaz. Yeah, fair, cool. Yeah. Book of Ruth is really short though. So read the book of Ruth if you want to be like, what's the hype about Ruth and Boaz? Good job. Um, and, you know, a little shout out to Mary and Joseph, who I feel like is probably the other, yeah. probably the most well-known yeah. biblical married couple other than maybe Adam and Eve, yeah. who I didn't really feel like talking about. Yeah. Um, other than there. that, they were, you know, in prior to the fall of mankind, and the fall of creation, they were kind of the benchmark. Um, yeah. When everything was good, prior. their marriage was good. Um, yeah. Uh, and their, their, their love was good, and they, they fit the roles that, you know, God yeah. intended. But... Um, probably lesser known I was really happy that you knew this but Priscilla and Aquila 
I'm pretty sure Aquila's the guy. Did we did we clarify that? I didn't get to actually call it. Yeah. That's alright. One of them is a man. They are a married missionary couple who are friends with Paul. Um, they pop up in the book of Acts and they're given sort of shout outs uh, in some of Paul's letters. And not even in a, in a say hello to mm. um, Aquila and Priscilla fashion. It's these guys say hello to you. Mm. So like they were very active in greeting. They were like, Paul's writing his letters and they're like, Paul, tell them we say hi. Tell them that we're thinking of the praying for them. Um, so I've just got from Acts 18 a passage where they show up. This is the reason I like them. Um, so and it's, it, the story starts off about Apollos, so they're not in it for a bit, but they'll, they'll show up. Um, and it's only three verses. They'll show up soon enough. <laughs> but this is Acts 18, 24 to 26. Um, Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. Hmm. And I was just like, that's that's the story. It's just, you know, Apollos was a good speaker. He knew what he was talking about. He sort of only spoke about the baptism of John. I assume that is um, in comparison to sort of, you know, baptism through the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, he spoke faithfully, passionately, uh, educatedly, um, and boldly. And they're like, yeah, let's invite this, yeah, let's have him Mm. around for tea. Yeah. And it's just sort of goals. And yeah. it's something that I think my wife and I definitely would... If, if, if there was anything that, as a couple, we could be known for, it would be... We I think we hope that it would be um, not just being hospitable and welcoming, but, like, intentional, um, sort of ministry-focused relationships. Yeah. They don't just, like, come around and be our friends because we mm. want to be popular. They're like, this thing that you do well... Mm. let's beef it up let's how can we help you Apollos is on his own ministry his own ministry journey mm. teaching in synagogues and they're like you know it's that thing you want to do we're going to help you do it better yeah they're not telling him oh it's not for you or yeah. or yeah <laughs> I'd be like you're, you're really bad at this um, <laughs> they're just like you want to you want to do it even better like, yeah we've got some tips you know yeah we're, we're on mission together and all married Christian couples are on mission together mm. whether or not they would call themselves missionary couples um, but so I really love them um, yeah shout out to them and just the fact that there is sort of they're not very well known and but if you look for them in the bible you kind of see that they're active yeah. and they're, they're there yeah. they're not just like yeah. random throwaway lines yeah they're, yeah they're important and I value that mm. uh, it's a passage uh, a chapter in Tim Keller's um, The Meaning of Marriage that talks about how a couple is like these two people sitting by a campfire kind of stoking the flames of their intimacy and as the fire the fire of intimacy kind of grows and grows like it allows for more people to kind of sit at the fire and so Mm. the way your marriage works is that as you grow together that other people will be kind of um, blessed and, and benefit from the intimacy that you have and It'll warm them as well, and so yeah. they kind of like Priscilla and Aquila. Just kind of the image that related in my mind is that they kind of welcoming 
um, Apollos into their little yeah. fire thing and, and they're kind of warming him and growing him and they're all doing it together as they sit around. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. book. Do you have any sort of other thoughts on just what the Bible says about sort of romance or love in general? Yeah. In general, um, one of the most striking passages for me that Jesus says is, if you don't hate your mother or father or wife or children, you're not worthy of me. Mm. And I was like, oh my goodness, like that's really striking because obviously I love my wife and I love my mother and father in a different way, but yeah, it kind of shows the importance of not elevating romantic love too highly. Yeah. Because it's going to become its own thing. Its own thing, you know, it becomes its own end. Yeah. And Jesus is like, no, no, like, you need to hate, by comparison, you need to hate that yeah. in terms of your love for me instead. Yes, hate's not a word I think we can often use or refer to as a relative. Yeah. But it's like, I think of it this way, is that who would the world tell you your number one priority should be be? Should be be? Yeah. <laughs> who should your number one priority be and you would say your spouse your parents yeah you know your your immediate family your children mm-hmm. you know those who came before you those who you've chosen and those who come after yeah and then even putting them second mm. is like breaking that sort of worldly rule yeah so it's yeah like yeah we think hate and it's like make them you know detest them mistreat them yeah not the same it's like yeah. but if if, if, if the, the push for the world and even the push in your own heart is to prioritize your family and your like romantic spouse in particular, mm. putting Jesus first is relative to the expectation or even your, your yeah. own sort of worldly will, mm. it is hating them. It's yeah. like, no, I'm, I'm willfully putting you second. Yeah. But, um, you yeah. know, that's, yeah, that's a really powerful notion. Um, yeah, and one that yeah, if you sort of just take that verse, be like, you can't follow me without hating. It's sort of like, well, you read that yeah. on its own, and you think, well, that that doesn't sound very Christian. No, but reading the Bible it's in the context of yeah. the Bible is, you know, if if something doesn't line up, you need to figure out well, well, why, how how does it make sense? Yeah, how can you make it make sense? And yeah, yeah. yeah. Thankfully, Jesus doesn't say that in isolation to the other things that he That's said. right. So he he wasn't just... take in the context of his whole system of teaching. But... Yes, he wasn't. He didn't go out and say that one thing yeah, yeah. and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, I am the way, the truth of the life. Anyone who doesn't hate their own family will never <laughs> enter yeah. the kingdom of God. And it just went around and that's all he ever said. Yeah. Um, yes. Everyone's just hating each other. Like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to get to heaven this way. Yeah. No, that's not how it works. Yeah. So it is, it is an interesting sort of point because the Bible, yeah, mm. they're, they're priorities, but they're not the number one priority. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah, a relationship with God is more important. It's radical. It is. Yeah, it is. Like, I mean, not to, I, I suppose not to our wives given that they believe what we believe, but like, it's almost like you'd hear that and be just kind of offended. Mm. Yeah, you would. Yeah. Like if, if I, if I was just told, if I didn't know this command or the context of this command and you know the yeah the weight of how important Jesus is 
and then suddenly Sarah says to me, "Be like, oh no, relative to Jesus, it's like I hate you. Yeah, that's how that's how important <laughs> he is." I'd be like, I'd be offended. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But in the positive sense, it does go to elevate the beauty of Jesus and the importance of Jesus and yeah, the, the role of his his role in our lives. Definitely, it's more the emphasis, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of his role in our lives, I think the the passage of from Ephesians 5 that I've sort of pulled out. Um, I whipped it out earlier, but the main bit that I sort of wanted to talk about, this is just Paul's letter to the Ephesian church. Um, and the passage is, chap- uh, is verse, yeah, chapter 5, verse 22 to um, 33, but I've got it in sort of blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, so 22 to 27 is instructions on um, wives and husbands and just sort of yep. how they should submit to one another. Yep. Um, or what it looks like mm-hmm. to be a husband and be a wife in a way that is in reverence mm-hmm. to God. Yeah. Um, and it draws some really amazing connections that I really like. Um, sorry if the word submit offends you. We probably won't unpack it um, today. Yeah, we're running out of time. We'll, we'll have, have to do a second episode because we've yeah, got a lot of stuff. Definitely. Love will come up again. Um, uh, yeah, especially because we're, <laughs> we're only talking about biblical couples. We haven't even touched on just like friendship or just love like the unselfish love don't worry it will all come up but these are Paul's instructions um, to husbands and wives Mm -hmm. um, and and why Um, wives submit to your submit yourselves to your own husbands uh, as you do to the Lord I like uh, to your own husbands (laughs) exclusivity is important in marriage Uh, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church his body for which he is the savior so already marriage and romantic relationships um are defined by mm-hmm. um, Jesus' relationship with the church. They're yeah. already pointing to it or yeah. derived from it. Um, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Mm-hmm. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loves the church. Oof. And how did he do that? <laughs> and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Mm. In the same way, um, it goes on in verse 28, the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. Um, he who loves his wife loves himself. Mm. Um, and it goes on, and you, sh- you should read it, it's definitely worth a read, especially if you're married. Um, All Ephesians, yeah. Um, or if you want to um, investigate the love that Jesus has for us. Um, mm. Not just if you're married, but... Yeah, the worldly side of here on earth, talking about husbands and wives. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the grandest scheme of things. Um, at its best, all love is reflective of and modelled on the love that God has for us. It is sacrificial. It is um, other-focused. Other yeah. Um, and it results in the sort of, if you have in those relationships, you have the head and you have the I don't want to say submitter but um, Genesis would use the word helper yeah um, the head and the helper um, the um, the role of the head is mm-hmm. to do whatever it takes mm-hmm. make any sacrifice to present the helper um, blameless and without sin in the sight of God and that's what Jesus did for all of us in dying on the cross but also yeah, it means as a husband, your responsibility is not just your own personal relationship with God, 
Yeah. But you are responsible for the holiness of your spouse and your household, um, which is a huge ask. Bro. Um, very hard to be a successful husband without without the help of the ultimate successful husband, Jesus. But um, oh, it's such yeah. a big ask. And um, because it's such a big ask for, you know, human men, that mm. means it's also such a huge ask for human women to submit to that. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you... How do you unconditionally respect the will and decisions of someone who gets it wrong? Yeah. So this worldly marriage is, you know, it's it's a it's a a, a flawed version of this perfect thing yeah. that Jesus has done for humanity. Yeah. yeah. And but that's my favorite concept I think about that the Bible says about marriage is just just completely it's like it also implies that it's temporary. Mm. Worldly marriage, you might it might feel like it's the be all end all. Yeah. But like what you said, it's like next to Jesus, hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also in this one, it's like, it's not just compared to Jesus, your spouse is so much less important mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, that cosmic weight in the universe. Yeah. But also the way in which you treat your spouse should actively be reflective of either what Christ has done for you or what Christ has shown you, depending on if you're... Men, yeah. on, men or woman um, and yeah. yeah I feel really blessed to be kind of you know I am I am a husband mm-hmm. to a bride but also biblically I am bride to Christ mm-hmm. and so I get to be on sort of both <laughs> have a foot in both camps and be like wow <laughs> I am so blessed to be to be you know the bride uh, in this context but yeah. also yeah as a husband I'm sort of like wow I'm really glad that my wife is a part of Christ's bride because at least then she gets a perfect <laughs> yeah. she gets a perfect husband <laughs> and hopefully that will give her the strength and perseverance to, to bear with my imperfections but yeah God willing yeah yeah um, oh, yeah man God is good and love is good mm. especially um, God's love oh the most God's love absolutely Should probably wrap up our 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 chats on love, um, mm. but so much more to get into, man. We'll, there will be other times, definitely. For yeah. This topic. This, yeah. There's a Valentine's Day every year, but um, so sure. Plus, we we both have different wedding anniversaries, so <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll find ways to to bring it up. Um, Mine's soon, so this there is, you go. Yeah, it will come up again. Yeah. Um, but uh, we should uh, wrap up with our fun segment. Um, reminder. Even though we remind you, so the quote competition is active as of this episode dropping. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're watching too far in the future, it might not be, but um, stay tuned. Yeah, check out episode one towards the end to hear the quotes. Um, and if you can guess them, direct message on Instagram or uh, comment on our Facebook post. You will win a roll of toilet paper. Um, you will. You will. You will. You will. Um, <laughs> but. Yes, today our fun segments will be separate, which is how it's typically going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will be... I've picked four fictional characters, and I'm going to sort them into Hogwarts houses, because I like that's the thing I like to do. Yeah. And what will you be doing? I'm going to be talking about my favourite side characters in pop culture things. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Side characters. You going to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, so for those that don't know what Hogwarts houses are, they're from Harry Potter. The school houses are not based on the alphabet. They're based on your values, um, 
and traits that you embody and also prioritize. So Gryffindors are, you know, the kind of abridged version is the Gryffindors are brave and noble. Hufflepuffs are patient, loyal and hardworking. Ravenclaws are, you know, witty and wise and Slytherins are cunning and ambitious. Um, and I really like Hogwarts houses. They're, that we said last episode they're the, the only kind of personality test you need to worry about and I'm like honestly I think there's more science behind it than Myers-Briggs or Enneagrams but um, <laughs> um, right, right. but anyway chat about that another time but for diagrams, yes sort of fictional characters from all over the place um, only two of them we've spoken about already today so maybe I'll start with a different one um, Tony Stark Iron Man yeah. from the MCU yeah um, I've heard lots of people say where they think he'd be and why, and I disagree for my own reasons. Um, the lamest thing I've heard is that he wears red and gold and should be a Gryffindor. Oh. But I saw Tony Stark into Slytherin. Yeah. Um, not Ravenclaw, just because he's smart doesn't make him a Ravenclaw. Um, yeah. He is... Yeah. He's ambitious in the things he does, and he is... He is very intelligent and very clever, but, um, and sometimes his need for self-preservation is kind of not there in literally every <laughs> Avengers movie. He, yeah. like, makes a sort of life or death sacrifice. <laughs> um, but he just happens to survive them. Um, so that would make people say, oh, he can't be a Slytherin if he, if he doesn't have a strong sense of self-preservation. But he is scrappy in a situation, and, like, it's, it's less than just sort of being intellectual it's he's kind of street smarts and mm. um, definitely ambitious and you know he's sort of at his worst has a bit of a selfish side and um, but yeah I think in the best possible ways I think Tony Stark is a Slytherin yeah um, almost the anti Tony Stark Ang from Avatar The Last Day of Ender okay. I've sorted into Hufflepuff ah uh, fair yeah. he's a pacifist by yeah. nature yeah. um and fiercely loyal and you know he does kind of have he does get overwhelmed by just the seeming sort of necessity of violence in his destiny of saving the world but even then he finds a way like his values of he values human life even evil yeah people um and fiercely loyal to his friends gentle dude and then the last two we had mentioned uh, but Jake Peralta from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I've sorted into Gryffindor. Yeah. I feel like no one was really going to question that one. Yeah. Um, you know, he is uh, sort of charismatic and out there, courageous, but also very compassionate and chivalrous, which is mm. Gryffindor trait in that, mm. yeah, he looks out for people and is sort of respectful and yeah. um, even when he's being jokey. But, um, and this one, I'm not even 100% sure that I want to say this one, but Jim Halpert, I sorted into Ravenclaw. Oh, okay. Because I've heard okay. lots of things. I've never heard someone sort him into Ravenclaw. Uh-huh. But I sorted him into Ravenclaw because I just, when I wanted to be like, ah, oh, Jim's a Gryffindor, Jim's a Hufflepuff. Yeah, yeah. People have said, you know, he's got sneaky, sort of cunning pranks. So yeah. he's, a, he's, he's a prankster, so he's a Slytherin. I've never heard anyone put him in Ravenclaw, but yeah. part of the reason that he pranks is that he's bored. Mm. Um, and also, like, wit is not just sort of, you know, mm-hmm. thinking, it's also humour. Um, 
And a lot of Jim's funniest lines, I think, involve pointing out the flaws in other people's logic. Mm. Um, mm. Like, there's a, there's a fun bit where Michael's got sex with girlfriend is she's having a baby from a sperm bank and in the lead up to her giving birth he is like practicing putting a nappy on a watermelon and it cuts to Jim with a whiteboard and he's got sort of a flow chart going on and it's got um, you know Jan connected to the sperm bank leading to a baby and then Michael with the line down is like he's having a watermelon and then <laughs> he draws he, he goes, so Michael will be connected to this baby by delusion. <laughs> and it's really funny. It gets me every time. That's good. Yeah. But it's like he's using his logic yeah. and he's thought about it. And so I feel like I feel That's funny. I currently might change in the future when my wife hears this episode and says, are you serious? Because <laughs> um, we love Jim and I feel like we both want him in one of our houses. Um, but, um, yeah, I think I'm most comfortable putting him in. Raven clothes as well. Yeah. So, and you've got to have one in there that's controversial. I feel like maybe Tony Stark and Slytherin was going to be controversial. But, Talking points. But, uh, don't at us. Jim, yeah, don't do at us, actually. <laughs> but yeah, let me know what you think if you think I'm completely wrong on all of these or some of these, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. My little side, side characters. Yeah, my little side characters. Um, there's a lot of great anime side characters. Mm. I really liked, when I watched um, Fairy Tale, the all of the side characters are kind of developed in some way, you know, so that yeah. even just like, there's one episode that emotionally wrecks you and you're like, oh, wow, this side character that you thought was just a drunk is actually dealing with this really traumatic thing that mm. makes them never leave the bar. And then from future episodes past that, you kind of watch and they'll be in the background at the bar and you're like, oh, I'm dying. <laughs> or something, you know, something like that. Um, but probably my favourite side characters would be the cabbage guy from Avatar. Yes, cabbage merchant. My cabbages. <laughs> classic, classic gag. Like, the best in-jokes and one-liners. I love them. Um, and Melitnos from Brooklyn Nine Nine, <laughs> with a silent <laughs> clay. Very good. <laughs> ah, Melitnos, <laughs> so dumb. But I, I don't know why. I just think that they had a lot of fun. When you have a really good side character, they just yeah. They add a lot to a show. Mm. There's a lot of depth and levity and wholesomeness. Yeah, I recommend. That's fun. As a sort of continuity as well. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I was wondering sort of what was going to constitute a side character because in my head when you say favourite side characters I'm just like Korg from Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. He's kind of a main character in that movie. Yeah. But he only shows up in that movie. Like he's, he shows up late in the Thor yeah. franchise and then again later on but mm. yeah, he's not quite a side character. It took me a little while thinking like what's like, it's like main characters so like Jake Peralta for Brooklyn Nine-Nine was yeah. the main character. But then the rest of the detectives are probably, like, supporting characters. Yeah. And then there's, like, the side characters, which is another tier down, or, like, the people, yeah. like, Doug Judy and people who show up every now and again. Yeah, yeah, even Doug Judy, but, he's sort of, like, he's a recurring character. Yeah. But, he, like, he has plot lines. Yeah, that's true. As yeah. well, this is, like... Has developments and things. He specifically shows up every season for, like, his own centred episodes, but... Yeah. Not, no, <laughs> that's not... <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> 
Yeah, he just shows up for like a scene at a time. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, like Wunsch, who like kind of shows up in terms of Hulk's supporting character role. Yeah. And their dynamic is just the most funny and beautiful thing ever. Just every time she shows up, I laugh. (laughs) Anyway, I should probably conclude this before we're talking for too long. Yeah, well, it was a fun, fun segment. I had fun. It was good. Loved it. And it was slightly shorter than last episode, so thanks for... So good. Um, thanks yeah. for listening, and yeah, don't forget about um, the quote competition. We're going to keep mentioning it until all ten rolls of toilet paper have been won. Indeed. Um, and yeah, if you're not sure what the quotes are, they're in episode one. Um, right at the end. Um, yeah, good listen to the whole thing. Yeah, and we'll tune in, tune in, in our March episode, which will come in March. Yeah, see you guys soon. Bye.